Thank you so much for joining Conversations with Cohen. I'm your host, Greg Cohen, Office Leasing Specialist at Cressa. And this podcast and video are for office tenants to help educate them about all things regarding their office, from leasing to architecture and everything in between. Whether you're an entrepreneur thinking about your first office or a director of real estate managing a large real estate portfolio, this podcast is for you. I've got a fascinating show for you today. My guest is Dr. Alden Cass, a sports psychologist and performance coach. With the lines blurred between work and life, I think it's fair to say that many are feeling stretched, not necessarily operating at their peak performance in many areas of their life. Additionally, I'd imagine there are some who are listening and watching who may find that some negative thoughts and self-limiting beliefs are preventing them from being their best, whether that be at work or at home. I myself have witnessed the powerful impact that coaching can have and thought it would be great to hear from someone who is helping individuals get the most out of their own lives. Based upon my experience, it seems like a lot of people think coaching is outside of the realm of what is available to them or think it's only for professional athletes and stars. So what better way to spend a few minutes with someone who's helping people every day? Before we get started, and just as a reminder, if you want to reach me, I'm at Greg Cohen NYC on Instagram. And if you're new to this video series or podcast, hit the subscribe button below so you never miss a future episode. Alden, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Greg. It's great to be here. Perhaps we can start with you introducing yourself. Hello, Greg. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist by trade, um, working with people um, with a variety of issues from anxiety disorders to depression to substance abuse, addiction, and divorce uh, issue, <coughs> issues and burnout from work-related stress, but also I'm a performance coach to Wall Street executives, um, athletes, people in the entertainment industry, anyone who wants to improve their overall careers, performance, uh, and optimize their, their outcomes. I'd love to start today really high level with what is coaching? How should we be thinking about what coaching is? Well, coaching from the vantage point of the overall improvement of performance is, is, is basically allowing somebody to take control of the reins uh, of your everyday life and try to get down into the weeds for you so that you can actually build yourself up, gain some good habits, some good work habits that, uh, that you can inst instill in your daily routine so that you can build momentum and in your career, in your personal life, in whatever uh, part of your life that you'd like to improve upon. So coaching is, is basically allowing someone who you're given that control over to, like basically myself or anyone else who does what I do and saying, you know, I think you can help guide me toward the promised land, which is where I want to be. So it helps you, it helps any individual go from where they are today in one sector of their life or one area of their life to where they would like to be in the future. And that happens by creating for themselves daily routines that are, are successful and research has shown them to be successful, setting those objectives and daily goals and helping them to remain accountable on a weekly basis so that they can actually end up with the goals that they set out to achieve in the first place. Because people often are their own worst enemies and they engage in self-defeating behaviors and a coach helps people 
kind of get past their blind spots and 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 you know overcome their Achilles heels that have always burdened them or hampered them from ever truly succeeding. So that's what you're doing when you're signing up for coaching. You're basically signing up for accountability so that you can actually go from where you are today to where you want to be. So I'm glad you, you brought up time management. And I know that this is a, 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 one of the fundamentals that you, uh, that you practice and you help people instill in their own lives. Um, and with with what we're in right now, which is this blurred life of between work and work and and home life, I'd love to hear from you how we should be thinking about time management and how this can be a a, a pillar for uh, for better you know better self, um, but for a better self. Well, it's more about quality of life, and you know, learning how to you know learning the idea that it's it's important. Uh, not to live to work it's important to work to live and most of the the high flying clients and high impact clients that come to me one of the things that they struggle with is involving time management and and organization and it's it's the area of working too hard and working too long and not knowing when to cut it off and not knowing when to leave work at work so that you can go home and become part of your life and live your life um, and so what I've created is uh, a mechanism by which I help people learn three lists uh, or put together three lists at the end of every workday. Uh, and in doing so, what this does is it helps people differentiate between the actual tasks and goals that they need to do tomorrow, meaning that have has an expiration date tomorrow, versus things that they'd like to do tomorrow. And it's a very important distinction because people often feel very overwhelmed by all the things they'd like to do because they, they place the same weight on those objectives, goals, and tasks as they do the things that absolutely must be done tomorrow. And then they, they feel like it's a huge amount and they get overwhelmed. So I, I have them break, break, break up their life into three lists, which is things that they absolutely need to do tomorrow morning and, and all day, things that they'd like to do in order of actual due date, which could be anything between two days to six days from now. And then a third list, which is everything that they'd like to do in the future, which is anything between six days and two weeks from now. And every night that they do this, um, it allows for them to really categorize and understand what must be done tomorrow. And they feel like they've accomplished stuff. They've knocked things off their hot list, which is the first list. And it keeps moving. So things from the last list, which is the cold list, become lukewarm, which is the middle list. And, and it keeps going. If you keep this as a discipline, because discipline is one of the keys to success um, in anyone's life or personal life or careers, you can really achieve all your time management goals. So um, it's interesting that you were talking about leaving work to come home, which now probably is more challenging than ever. Because well, now it's now it's just closing, now it's closing your laptop and 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 shutting off your phone or your ringer. I mean, um, if somebody was struggling with it before, I can only imagine how much more challenging it is now to do that. But you know what? It doesn't matter whether you're at home or leaving work from you know Midtown Manhattan. If you do at the every at the end of every day at six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, if you do it every day, these lists and you memorialize all that you accomplished, 
all the things that you needed to do and all the things that you will need to do tomorrow, you could feel really good about just shutting it down and not thinking about work for the rest of that night. Like it doesn't matter where you're sitting. Like if you've done everything you absolutely needed to do that day, there should be no questions as to why you're still sitting there thinking about work. Right. Right. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to try it right now. Um, and what do I keep a, do I keep a, a notebook, just a separate notebook? No, so people tend to do it in a variety of ways. Um, they, some people do it on three separate sheets of paper. Again, it's a hot list, a lukewarm list and a cold list. They do it at the end of every workday at the same time. So it's almost like a memorialization of like what I've done today. You're, you crossed off all the stuff and you're now doing stuff for the following morning. Uh, and so you know, when you're doing the hot list, it's everything that you absolutely need to get done tomorrow. I mean, it's an expiration date. You will get fined if you don't do it. You will get fired if you don't do it. You will be, you know, there will be a fee associated with it if you don't send it. So again, you can combine both personal and work-related tasks in this. Like, you know, I have to pay my credit card bill on the 15th, or I will get a fine if it's on the 16th. So it must be done. That is the basis for that list. People often get it confused with, you know, the next list, which is the lukewarm list, which is anything, any task, goal, or aspiration that is due, uh, or project that is due anywhere two days to six days from now. And within that list, that is rank ordered based on actual due date. So if it's something that's due on Friday, uh, that would come after an item that is due on Thursday of this week uh, in terms of priority ranking. And then sometimes within that list, if two things are due on the same day, you would base it on the time of day that it's due. Um, also within the hot list, we also believe in something called deliberate practice, which is the act of actually uh, doing the hardest task first for the, or the most intensive task first the following day. So you're planning ahead of, okay, what's the most complex task that is a, a must do tomorrow on my hot list? I'm gonna do that first. Uh, and then oftentimes, and then, and then you get to your cold list, which is your third list, which is any task, goal, objective, or project that is due six days to two weeks from now. And that is also rank ordered in terms of actual due date and actual time of day. So as you go through this, if you do this in a disciplined fashion and people do it through three, three pieces of paper, three journal books, some people use Excel spreadsheets and they color code it into, into the cells and basically create three cells um, within an Excel spreadsheet to do this. Um, and if you create this routine and this habit, eventually what's going to happen is, is that you're going to finish all your hot list items by like three o'clock in the afternoon. And you're going to be like, huh, I could actually leave for the day. I could actually shut my computer down for the day and go running, you know, but I'm not going to, I'm going to now hammer it, hammer home some of these lukewarm items. So it's all gravy. And then, Oh, I'm going to feel good about going, shutting it down at six and not thinking about work for the rest of the day. I'm going to go home, have dinner. We're going to have dinner. We're going to go order in, you know, those are the things that you'll be able to do freely because you'll know that you've already set the table for tomorrow because you, Oh good. Now I have my new hot list for tomorrow. I'm set. I'm going to walk into my desk, turn it on. I'm going to see my three lists. I already know what I have to do, what I'm going to do first. And everything else that you accomplish that day is gravy past your hot list. 
and then eventually your cold list will become your lukewarm and lukewarm will become hot and new items will come into this and it becomes a big a process that's living and breathing. So you mentioned uh, doing the hardest thing first and uh, made me think of, I think it was Stephen Covey who came up with this term, uh, swallow the frog. I'm not sure that's right or not, but, but it's something that I've adopted in my life of doing the hardest thing first, which is a good segue into you know, the, the classics. And, uh, and um, I've seen in my own life this idea of, uh, of the law of attraction, of, of thinking, uh, putting something as a priority in your mind, uh, doing the things that uh, uh, doing the things that will set you up for success with that regard. And I think you've written a book, isn't that right? Called Bullish Thinking. Yep. How to survive and thrive on Wall Street. Yeah. So I'd love for you to speak uh, because it seemed to me that uh, after uh, after reading some more about it, that that was very much in in line the thinking that you had. So is this only for folks who are on Wall Street, or can this be applied to to other areas of people's lives? I mean, thinking positively um, and thinking flexibly and, and having agility in your thought process is, is something that helps anyone from Wall Street to Main Street to the entertainers out there to the athletes. Um, anyone who really, you know, anyone can get bogged down by the details of life and by the fear of uncertainty and ambiguity that is our, our current life. Um, so this is uh, bullish thinking, which is my paradigm for a mindset for analyzing and interpreting all that's going on in our daily lives in a more positive, solution-focused, adaptive way. That that is applicable to anyone out there who wants to be better at you know what they're uh, how they're living their lives. I feel like people now more than ever could could use this type of mindset. So so how do you think? How do you think bullishly? How do you think positively? Well, the, fir- the first easily the first get bogged down by all the negative headlines around us. Easily, easily, and, and and we're our own worst enemies in a lot of ways. We have a lot of self-defeating thoughts, what I call bearish thoughts, that are underlying a lot of our very negative emotions. So my philosophy, and this is the philosophy of cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, that's been around since the late '60s, early '70s. Um, it, it's the whole mindset is, is that thoughts are at the root of controlling our emotions, you know, both whether they're positive or negative and the eventual outcomes, whether they're positive or negative. So thoughts trump everything here um, when it comes to perception of events. So if, if there are bad things happening, two people can experience the exact same pandemic at the exact same time. And one can be, you know, improving their lives and, and, finding ways to make it better being and remaining resilient and adaptive uh, in their everyday life through their performance and the, thus feeling content that we'll get through this. And another person can feel, can feel like a victim and feel like it's too much and can remain paralyzed emotionally uh, by all that's going around, going on and taking in all the negative uh, media and feel hopeless and powerless over changing the, the course of the future or making any taking anything positive out of it. So it's perception that differentiates a person. So the idea is, is to identify faulty thoughts that are potentially at the root of negative emotions and negative behaviors or performance outcomes 
and saying, okay, I'm going to put those thoughts under a microscope and see what I'm really thinking about, which is causing me to feel so bad. And once you identify the faulty, bearish thinking, um, that's usually worst case scenario thoughts, you know, catastrophized thoughts, um, you know, all or nothing thinking, you know, this will never end. This is impossible. I, I will never succeed. Um, this, you know, this, I will get sick if I leave my house. You know, all of these things, are, it shows certainty in a very negative light, which makes a person feel paralyzed and hopeless. So the first step is identifying the faulty thoughts. And the second step is then once you put those thoughts under a microscope is to put those thoughts on trial with and, and really challenge them with counter evidence from your history, from historical performance, from solutions that have worked in the past when you were facing similar setbacks or obstacles in your life. And, and really kind of using your own past or your own history to challenge those bearish thoughts. So it's a way, it's a way of reframing your negative thoughts in a more positive, healthy light that's adaptive and using your own history to do that. And if you can do that, you'll actually feel better and feel more in control. Is there, I, I can hear, I can hear people saying at home, uh, you know, sounds all well and good, you know, but, uh, but it's a, bu but it's a bunch of malarkey. Not, no, I think it's only, I think it's only by having the positive experience in your own life and seeing that, that, it, that it works, that someone can actually wholeheartedly believe that. I mean, I know I've applied that to my own life and I've seen it firsthand. So how do you, how do you, I think more people now than ever need that, but um, how do you help people get over their their hesitations to to adapt that in, in small ways to be able to start to see small positive impacts so they become believers themselves? Well, I mean, first of all, there's science that backs the statements up that it is effective. Because if you actually use the thought monitoring logs that I actually use and train my clients to use on a weekly basis, it actually can retrain your brain to think this way. Mm. Um, and it can actually change the synapses and neurotransmitters in your brain if used over 12 weeks. Wow. It's been proven to treat depression and anxiety disorders in 12 weeks with an over an 86% effectiveness level. Um, and this is so all empirically validated. It's equal, equivalent to the effect of efficaciousness of medication um, in some ways for treating depression. So uh, that's the first cell on why you should give it a try. The second cell is that you, you're not going to, you can't prove anything until you take a little taste test and you actually try to actually engage yourself in the, in the self dialogue and, and introspection of writing down your thoughts when you're not feeling good and saying, is this, is this realistic thinking? And, it, you know, is this rational what I'm thinking to myself? Is there another way of viewing this? Can I, and challenging yourself to, to outthink yourself and look mm -hmm. at it from another angle. And that's really what coaching or, or quote therapy is. You know, I help people objectively see things from other angles that they're not currently looking. Um, you got to look at it through different colored lenses, so to speak. Well, Alden, this has given us a lot of food for thought, and I know that there are a lot of people who could really use uh, use this now more than ever. Um, perhaps you can help us understand how we can uh, get in touch with you. How do we how do we find you in case we have more questions? Well, um, I have a bunch of websites. One is uh, dralden.cast.com, uh, and the other one is innervisions, 
psychologicalservices.com. That's for therapy. The first one was for coaching. Uh, and you know, you know, I have, I'm always accessible and easily Googleable uh, in terms of, you know, my work with writing health columns and wellness columns for people. Uh, and, uh, you know, now's the best time in my opinion to do coaching because you can actually do this from home remotely for the first time. And there's no one checking on you walking out of work and questioning why you're walking out of work. You're now just FaceTiming with a coach or a therapist. And, you know, this to me is the most optimal time to try to improve yourself before we go back to the old normal. And you're finding, and you're finding uh, it just as uh, impactful um, rather than in person by doing it on, uh, on, on Zoom or on some sort of... Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this type of format even before this was in vogue. So I've been doing this for over 12 years remotely with people, clients all over the world. So this to me is, is, is no different than any other day of the week for me. Uh, in terms of the medium by which I'm helping people. And, you know, the, the same results are achievable remotely, in my opinion, um, you know, that you could do in my office. Great. Well, Alden, I don't want to take up any more of your valuable time. I really appreciate you coming on and, and imparting some of your, your experience and your wisdom. Um, this has been Greg Cohen, Conversations with Cohen with Dr. Alden Cass, and uh, we'll see you next time. And if you haven't uh, subscribed before, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button below so you never miss a future episode. See you next time.